Hello, hello, hello. This is the John Rowland Show, and yes, it's been a while since I put out an episode. Uh, I think my last one was supposed to be out, I guess, uh, actually January 15th. Unfortunately, I had some technical difficulties, but that has for sure been rectified. I had to get some new equipment. What I had just wasn't cutting it. Today, we're going to talk a a little bit about a a, a murder that happened over in Aberdeen, Australia. and uh, I also have a special guest today. Uh, I have my twin brother here, uh, Jason Rowland. Jay, you want to say hi? Hello, how's everybody doing? Good, good. Uh, now, uh, we're going to be talking about this striking young lady. She's so hot. Uh, she stood about, I think she was a very tall lady. I want to say she's like 5'10", uh, and uh, evidently stronger than a lot of men. Uh, and uh, she was just a very, uh, uh, her, her whole life was messed up. Uh, a lot of times, you know, I think people... Uh, you know, there's a big discussion about nature versus nurture, and uh, maybe this was the case with her. She uh, grew up in a very, uh, I would call it a very dysfunctional, um, had a very dysfunctional upbringing. And uh, now, now, Jay, I know that you had, uh, you know, read some stuff on her on her last night, and, and what, what do you think about her? Well, I think, you know, uh, the background of her childhood had a lot to do with her, um, what she did. She was uh, susceptible to... Uh, her mother getting raped and open her mother would open up details to her daughters about what happened between her and her father about her getting raped and I think that has a lot to do with it well what I don't understand is this okay you take a child and a child's brain is it's when it when a child's in the house and they're small their brains are so little and they soak it up so I mean we surely everybody can understand why this would screw up a young child is subjecting them to the things that happened to her mother and uh, that's exactly what happened to, to uh, Catherine McKnight is uh, and it just really messed her up now Catherine Mc, uh, Mary Knight I said McKnight but her name's Catherine Catherine I, Mary I do Knight. want to add too yeah. she was um, she was uh, raped uh, until she was at the age of 11 okay so her develop you know developing like that would mess someone up i believe i know she was born october 24th 1955 and uh originally from the town of aberdeen and that's in south wales uh, hunter valley barbara ruffin which was uh nick nee thorley was forced to move to uh more just after beginning our relationship with ken knight now ken knight was a co-worker of her husband jack ruffin the Ruffin and Knight families were both well known in the uh, conservative rural town, and the affair was a major scandal. Uh, two of the Ruffin's four children remained with their father, with uh, their father, while the two youngest were sent to live with an aunt in Sydney. Now, Catherine Knight was the younger of twins, which that's odd. I, I didn't. Uh, I don't guess I picked up on that. Catherine Knight was the younger of twins, born to Barbara and her de facto partner Ken on twenty fourth. Of course, uh, Catherine's birthday, October 24, 1955, in uh, Tenderfield. That's in New South Wales. Jack Ruffin died in 1959, and the two children were, uh, who had lived with them moved in with the, the Knight family. Barbara's grandmother was an indigenous Australian from the Moore area who uh, had married an Irishman. Now, she was proud of the fact and liked to think of her own family as... Uh, prominent. Or prominent. Right, prominent. Prominent. And uh, now this was kept a family secret, 
uh, as there was a considerable racism in the area at the time, and this was a source of tension for the children. Now, apart from her twin, the only person Knight was close to was her uncle, Oscar Knight, who was a champion horseman. She was uh, devastated when he committed suicide in 1969 and uh, continues to maintain that his ghost visits her. So uh, I guess uh, the uncle visits her maybe in prison still. I don't know. She says it. Uh, that uh, since his suicide and that she continues to maintain that his ghost visits her. Now the family moved back to Aberdeen the same year. Uh, Knight's father, Ken, was an alcoholic. Which, yes, he was. You and know, uh, I he, don't. He raped her mother up to ten times a day. Mm, okay. So he was a he was a real nice man. You know. Sure, it sounds yeah, like he was yeah. just a, just a peach. Yeah. Uh, Ken's uh, Knight's father, Ken, was a, he was an alcoholic. Of course, if you look at a lot of these serial killers and a lot of the killers, their their father was an alcoholic, and their fathers were uh, not kind at all. Uh, uh, Ken was an alcoholic who opened openly used violence and uh, intimidation to rape her mother, like like Jay said, up to ten times a day. Yeah. Now uh, Barbara, in turn, often uh, told her daughters. Uh, intimate details of her set now this is what i don't understand this what this is what would what what i think's crazy okay you have a mother and you got to be messed up in the brain to to discuss this you have a mother that's being raped 10 times a day so she just shares it with her kids so without thinking of the well-being of her kids what it's doing to their kids yeah just just doesn't care at all right just okay so barbara in turn uh like often told her daughters intimate details of her sex life and uh uh, part and uh, how much she hated sex and men. Now later, when uh, Knight complained to her mother that one of her partners wanted her to take part in a sex act she didn't want to do, Barbara told her to quote put up with it and stop complaining. Right. That's you know once again, right. right. No sense of well-being for your children. Yeah. Just because I guess you know some people uh, I think that when they're being abused that they think well you know I'm being abused so so, um, so my my daughter ought to just put up with right. it I'll just put up with it just put up with the abuse can cause some you know it cause some major problems I mean that mess anybody up in the head now uh, now Knight claims she was frequently sexually abused by several members of of her family and though not by her father which uh, continued until she was 11. So the time she, from the time, I mean, she was abused to, to 11 years old. Now, although they have minor doubts about the details, psychiatrists accept her claim as all her family members confirm the abuse did happen. So uh, now, Catherine was uh, by all accounts a pleasant girl, but I did find, now we're gonna get into some of her background here about how she acted in school. And evidently she was a, a, a uh, uh, built woman. She was. She was very strong. <laughs> I don't know what she weighed or or her, uh, uh, you know how tall she is. Right. But she uh, was considered a bully in school. Yeah. So you know she got that from her her family. I assume. Uh, I, you know that's the way she was treated. I'm sure she was ran over a lot in her family life. And, and, and I, uh, you know I don't mean to laugh or anything, but. You know, you don't usually think of women as a bully. Yeah, right. Well, uh, I mean, this was this, and evidently she abused her husbands too. Oh, of, of course, yeah, yeah. Which, hey, look, it, it does happen. The abuse does happen on both sides. Uh, if if you look, and we'll get into uh, her husband in a little bit, but uh, I mean, you could see pictures of him, and he's very unhappy in the pictures. This is <laughs> this is before uh, sorry before the incident happened, the murder happened. But, uh, you know, you can tell that he was very unhappy before he met his death. 
Well, the thing here is okay. This this is a problem that me and my brother have, and we've always had. Is that we try not to, we don't want to laugh at serious stuff. But I mean, and we're not like. I mean, it's a bad thing to happen to the man. But I mean, if you're with that big of a woman or that tall of a woman, that powerful of a woman, and you'll find out later on that she loved knives, I mean, you might want to think about getting out. And that's just a just a maybe. Well, she was, uh, she was referred, uh, she got a, uh, her first job, uh, she started out as a, uh, a butcher, and uh, she referred to it as her dream job. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, so, in, 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 uh, in uh, Catherine's early life, um, she, in, in school, uh, like I said, you know, she had an alcoholic father, and uh, but evidently, uh, Catherine by, was by all accounts a pleasant girl who experienced uncontrollably murderous rages. Um, and uh, so, in uh, in response to minor upset, so it didn't take much to set her off. In fact, uh, when uh, she attended uh, Muscle Brock High School, she became a loner and is remembered by classmates as a bully who stood over small children. So, uh, if you can imagine. Jolly the Green Giant just towering over, uh, you know, uh, children, and that would that would be. Um, evidently, uh, she assaulted at least one boy at school with a weapon, and was once injured by a teacher who was found to have acted in self-defense. So good student there. Uh, by contrast, uh, when uh, not in a rage, it says that she was a model student. So you know, maybe she. I guess they called on her to maybe clean the chalkboards. Yeah. Or- smack the uh, chalk the. Uh, the things against uh, together. What are they called? Erasers. Erasers. Do erasers serve? Do eraser jobs? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, my, my hall monitor. So she did have some good qualities. She had some good qualities yeah. when she wasn't in a murderous rage. Right. right yeah. Okay. Right. So uh, now, uh, now not what, but it says she was a model student when she wasn't in a murderous rage. Uh, now she did even 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 earned her awards. Wow. Even yeah. Uh, now for her good behavior. Now on leaving school at fifteen, so I'm, I'm guessing she didn't graduate. Uh, without having learned, oh, she didn't know how to read and write, so uh, she gained employment as a cutter in a clothing yeah, factory. Yeah, I apologize. I thought it was a butcher, but it was a cutter. Cutter at a clothing factory. Yeah, so how fitting. Uh, but yeah, she was a cutter at a, in a clothing factory. Now, twelve months later, she left to start what she referred to as what Jay said, her dream job: cutting up. Uh, what is awful? Awful abattoir. <laughs> What is awful? O f f a l. Awful at the abattoir. Um, what is awful? Let me look that up. Oh, it's a slaughterhouse. Okay. Also mm-hmm. called abattoir. It's a facility where animals animals are slaughtered. So okay. she was practicing at that time. Right. So so that was her dream job is to cut up, uh, ban- uh, you know, little sheep and uh, cows and, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, when you got somebody like that and that's her dream job and you get excited about working at a butcher at a slaughterhouse, you might have some problems. Just saying. Uh, and it could uh, derive, it could come from her upbringing. I mean, uh, I, I, you know, that's got to have some pent-up emotions over that now uh, about her mother abusing her, pretty much mentally abusing her. Now, at home, she uh, uh, she did get her dream job at uh, cutting up offal at the uh, local uh, abattoir from uh, where she was quickly promoted to boning. And at this point, she was given her, her own set of butcher knives. Mm. So, uh, you know, she was real proud of these butcher knives. Uh, she would, uh, at home, she hung the knives over her bed so that they, quote, would always be handy if she needed yeah. them. And, you know, that's that's really important uh, to have your tools of your trade. 
Yeah, especially year one. So I, you know, I agree. You know, you know, to you, um, if you're gonna, if you, you know, if you're gonna do something, do it a hundred percent. That's right. You right. know, if you're gonna be a, if you're gonna be a butcher, and uh, in a, and you're gonna kill animals and slaughter animals, why not go a hundred percent? Right. And make sure that your knives are, uh, you know, polished and ready to go. Now, um, at home, she hung the knives, like I said, over her bed so that they would, you know, when she needed them, which I don't know what else she would need them for. Evidently, we'll find out later that she did need them. Now, a habit she continued, she did continue this habit until uh, her incarceration. So, uh, evidently, uh, maybe she talked to him. Maybe that was her, I mean, it could be sad. Maybe that was her best friend. Her, that was her escape, I think. Her escape, her yeah, knives. Her friends, yeah. her best friends. Okay, now everywhere she, so she, she continued this everywhere she lived. Now, now she first, she, she was first with a man named David Kellett. And uh, Catherine first met a hard-drinking co-worker, David Stanford Kellett. You know something else I've noticed, too, about people that are abused and or you hear about killers and serial killers is that they have no compass. You know, they... Uh, they have no compass if uh, uh, it's it's likely that someone that's been abused had an alcoholic father maybe that they end up with somebody like that uh, and so uh, but he was the uh, David Kellett first met him you know he was a hard drinking uh, co-worker in 1973 and completely dominated him oh okay so uh, uh, and evidently she completely controlled him if Kellett got into a fight at a hotel Knight would step in <laughs> and back him up with her fist without fail. Yeah, she was very broad and a very, very strong. Very so, strong and broad, yeah. broad lady. I mean, if I, if, you know, I might would want her as a best friend. Yeah. Because she could, you know, if you got in a fight with someone that you didn't think you could take, she could kind of take but, up for you. But not a girlfriend, just somebody to back you up. Yeah, just someone to back me up. Like if you were, uh, uh, got in a fight yeah, just and you a, needed back up. Right, you like want, an acquaintance friend. Sure. Like I wouldn't want to be real friends with her. But if but if I needed her for later, like you could say, "Hey, Catherine." Yeah, I could get yeah, her call. Got you. So so if something happened, then you know you know she'd have your back. Right. Yeah. Because right. evidently it says that she was she was uh, she liked to scrap. Right. Right. So she was beating up her like if her husband was getting in a fight, she was the one that said, "Get out of the way, get out of the way, husband." Yeah. I'm taking over. I'm taking over. The yeah. Way. So and now that may be considered. Is that considered today? Is I guess that would maybe uh, maybe is it considered like equal treat or equal yeah i would say so okay yeah, yeah. so mean. okay now um also also um but yet yeah, she liked to fight and and she did back him up and now in aberdeen she was uh renowned for offering armed combat to anyone who upset her now knight married kelly in 1974 at her request with the couple arriving at the service on her a motorcycle, uh, drove a motorcycle with a very intoxicated kelly on the so, back probably right on the back <laughs> Right on the back. He was riding. He was riding. Uh, I guess as they call it, <laughs> he's riding bitch. He's riding bitch on the right, back. So, right. you know, he, he had his arms around Catherine, right, and holding on, loving on her, right. And then you know, I can see that. And I guess he, she had the leather on, maybe, right, right, something yeah, like that. So yeah. Maybe, maybe she carried him across the threshold. Maybe so. Okay. <laughs> when they uh, got married, I think, you know, she carried him into the house and. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like they were in love. Now, at her request with the couple arriving at the service course on her motorcycle, and uh, as soon as they arrived, Knight's, uh, Catherine Knight's mother, uh, Barbara, gave Kellett some advice. You know, her husband. Good motherly advice. And, and some good, you know how, you know how, if you get a new mother-in-law, you, you know, they might want to give you some advice. Right. 
you know, maybe, maybe, maybe some like will say, you know, uh, hey, you know, she can be kind of emotional, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe this. But uh, this is the advice that she gave uh, Kelly, and quote: "The old girl said to me to watch out. You better watch this one, or she'll effing kill you." Uh, which is encouraging. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're effed. Uh, don't ever think of, of playing on, up on her. She'll effing kill you. And that was her mother talking. So she, Knight's mother said she's got something loose. She's got a, uh, a got a screw loose somewhere. So on their wedding night, she did try to strangle him. Yeah, yeah, that was a good start off to the mm-hmm. honeymoon. Uh, Knight explained it was because he fell asleep after only having sex intercourse three times. So I can understand that. I mean, you know... Yeah. Uh, they're just married. At least five or six times on, yeah. the, on the wedding night. Right. You want to make sure and get it in, just get it in good. Right, right. Now, the, the, uh, on the, on, uh, the marriage was particularly violent. And on, uh, on one occasion, a heavily pregnant knight burned all Kellett's clothes uh, and uh, shoes before hitting him across the back of the head with a frying pan. So, uh, uh, simply because he had arrived home late from a darts competition. Hmm. Uh, now, after making the finals, uh, this was after making the finals. Now, in fear for his life, Kellett fled before collapsing in a neighbor's house. And he was uh, later treated for a badly fractured skull. Hmm. Now, police wanted to charge her, but Knight was now on her best behavior and talked Kellett into dropping the charges. Now, in May 1976, shortly after the birth of their first child, Melissa Ann, Kellett uh, left her for another woman and moved to Queensland, uh, apparently unable to cope with Knight's uh, possessive, violent behavior. The next day, Knight was seen pushing her new baby in a, uh, uh, a, pram, a prom down the, uh, or a pram down the main street, violently throwing the pram from side to side. Knight was admitted to St. Elmo's Hospital in uh, a Tamworth where she was diagnosed with uh, postnatal depression. Oh. So... So this is the first. I mean, this is the first time that maybe they thought something was wrong. Yeah, maybe. Well, I guess they. You know, whoever, um, whoever diagnosed her, or, or you know, I don't know if a psychiatrist diagnosed her or whatever. But um, with her past history, it depends on if they knew about how. Yeah, that's true. You know how violent she was. Yeah. Yeah. But they kind of let the. I think they kind of let that slip through the cracks to uh, to stop it to stop further you know violence well I, what i don't understand is how this i mean you know you know she was a brawler she liked to collect knives i mean there's just a lot of red flags right. going off there in my opinion now uh but she did have postnatal depression and spent several weeks recovering after being released and night placed two-month-old melissa on a railway line shortly before the train was due then stole an axe uh went into town and threatened to kill several people hmm. so so that was public. Yeah, that was public, yeah. A man known in the district as Old Ted, who was uh, for, uh, foregoing uh, near the railway line, found and rescued Melissa. So evidently she was planning on killing her own child. Wow. Yeah, so she had laid her uh, her child, Melissa, across the railroad tracks and uh, was planning to kill her child. So, uh, you know, not. And after hearing all this, you think back on, you know, why is she this way? Well... You know, her childhood has a lot to do with it, I believe. Oh, sure, sure. I, I think that maybe she didn't have a chance, and maybe she used her, her girth, or maybe she used her uh, her size, uh-huh. and maybe she used her uh, uh, to... Maybe that made her feel better. Yeah. It gave her control of right. something, you and, know. You know, she's, I guess she was naturally big. 
you know, naturally strong. Big bone. Yeah, big bone. Uh-huh. So, I mean, she could have took other routes. She Maybe she, she, she could, could play football. Yeah, right. Or, uh, you know, uh, some other sport to get rid of all her anger, but she... She chose uh, butchering. Butchering. That was her dream job. Yeah. So now, a man known, uh, but old Ted, old Ted, he, uh, by all accounts, uh, you know, got Melissa off the railway line, found uh, and rescued Melissa by all accounts only minutes before the train passed. Now, Knight was arrested and again taken to St. Elmo's Hospital, so the second time, but apparently recovered and signed herself out the following day. So... Uh, a few days later, a knight slashed the face of a woman mm. with uh, one of her knives and demanded she drive her to Queensland to find Kellett. So evidently she was upset, I yeah. guess, because Kellett had left, so she took it out on everybody else. Right. I just picture her, uh, of course I've just seen pictures, but I picture her uh, having a belt with knives in them. Like, like uh, she just walked around with them like, like how a gunslinger would do. Well, that could you be. Know? It could like, be. She was just so attached to the knives. Well, she did love them. I bet she... Uh, what's that stuff you polish with? Um, the silver stuff? You know, you... Uh, I bet she polished them. Yeah, she probably did. You know, with... Uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, probably polished them enough where she could see a reflection right. in the blades. Right. She probably looked at her reflection in the knife before she killed somebody. And, and I believe that's true. I mean, she evidently yeah. loved the knives, yeah. so... Uh, but now, uh, a few days later, Knight slashed, the, like I said, the face of a woman uh, with one of her knives and demanded she drive her to Queensland to find Kellett. The woman escaped after they uh, stopped at a service station, but the uh, time police arrived, Knight had taken a little boy hostage. So, uh, and was threatening him with a knife. Now she was disarmed when police attacked her with brooms, and she was admitted to the uh, Morset uh, Psychiatric Hospital. So this is uh, Knight told the nurse she had intended to kill the mechanic at the service station um, because uh, he had uh, repaired Kellett's car, which had allowed him to leave. So she was she was wasn't mad because the mechanic did something wrong to the car she was mad because the mechanic fixed the car which gave Kellett the car so he could leave yeah yeah so it's the mechanic's fault right it's, yeah. it's uh that's another thing about some of these murderers and stuff is they're uh, very narcissistic yeah they don't take uh, they don't take uh they don't have any empathy no. or sympathy they're just worried about themselves and how they feel about a situation and what they can get out of a situation mm-hmm. and if it doesn't go good then right and, but but whatever happens, it's not their fault. Right. They take no accountability. No, no accountability. Yeah, and you know, uh, not even not even if they go in a psychiatric hospital. Right, or, it's not their uh, fault. She probably didn't think nothing was wrong by laying her child across the no. rail tracks, or or. Uh, I can't believe that she was still uh, able to be out, like in the world, doing that to her child. Yeah. Well, there are people that that uh, that do slip, and for some reason they slip. They're, yeah, they're they're uh, they slip through the cracks. Yeah, they're sneaky. Yeah, right. And so, uh, and maybe they're really good at manip. She probably was a good manipulator. Probably was. You know, that's another that's another. Uh, uh, you know, you said earlier that um, you know she got uh, her first husband, Willett, to drop the charges uh-huh. because her behavior had changed. Yeah, she was acting good or being good. So he just, I mean, why would a man drop charges on someone? I don't know. Say, and you know, there's women that do that too. Right. I mean, you know, like I said, women and men right. are abused. In, uh, uh, but, of course, a lot more women, right. unfortunately. Right. But, uh, and that's what's so interesting about this case 
is the men in her, the men in this case were, were abused, not the women. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but now, um, so uh, she was, you know, she was, uh, um, she did go to the mental hospital, and uh, this is after she slashed a woman's face, and and you know was mad at the mechanic because, uh, but Knight was released on a, uh, August night, 1976, into the care of her mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. I guess it was Kellett's mom, and along with Kellett. So they both were there. Um, they uh, now moved to Woodbridge, a suburb of Brisbane, where she obtained a job at the uh, Denmore Meatworks. Once near- again. Yeah, once again. In nearby Ipswich, uh, on now on on uh, the Mar- on March 6, 1980, they had another daughter, Natasha Marie. So, uh, would you have another child? With, would you have another child with this woman? No, I mean personally, I wouldn't. I don't even think I would be um, with her. I, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even want to kiss her or, <laughs> or anything. I'd be scared. Or even be around her. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't either. Now, um, uh, then, uh, but they had another daughter named Natasha Marie in nearby Muswell. Uh, is it Muswell Brook? Although she returned to work at the uh, abattoir. Or, yeah, she injured her back the following year and went on disability pension, mm-hmm. uh, no longer needing uh, to rent a accommodation close to her work. The government gave her a housing commission house in Aberdeen. So, uh, so that was her first her first go around with I guess the, her first husband, which sounds right. like a uh, you know it was, it was paradise. Uh, right. If you know if you take away the mental hospital, the uh, you know almost killing her child, the the poor lady that got her face slashed. And uh, you know it sounds like just a, a marriage made in heaven. Yeah, so, it does. Yeah. Uh, now uh, Catherine Knight did have a another husband. Uh, I, I think they got married. Uh, we'll find out here pretty soon. But she was actually with a man by the name of David Saunders. Uh, now Knight met a 38 year old miner. He was a miner, David Saunders, in 1986. A few months later, he moved in uh, with her and her two daughters. Uh, although he kept his old apartment in Scone. And Knight soon became jealous uh, regarding what he did when she was not around and would often throw him out. Uh, he would move back into his apartment in Scone, and then she would uh, invariably follow and beg him to return. Uh, in May 1987, she cut the throat of his, two, of his two-month-old dingo pup. So uh, she wasn't kind of, you know, she really loved those knives. Uh, and uh, she did this in front of him for no no more reason than as an example of what would happen if he ever had an affair before going on uh, uh, to knock him uh, unconscious with a nut with a frying pan. Right. So she likes she actually likes using the frying pan as a weapon right. and being a bully and being a bully like she was in school. Mm-hmm. And night in uh, June 1988, she gave uh, birth to her third uh, daughter Sarah, which prompted Saunders to put a deposit on a house. So uh, you know. Uh, uh, which Knight paid off when her workers' uh, compensation came through in 1989. Now, Knight, uh, when her, uh, in 19, uh, uh, 90, uh, 1989, Knight decorated the house throughout with animal skins. She did it with skins, skulls, horns, rusty animal traps, so uh, leather jackets. So, so what, what's happening here is, the way I look at it is, she's getting worse. Whatever's wrong with her, 
Yeah, she's she's getting worse. She's so. she's evidently sounds like she's got maybe has some abandonment issues. Right. You know, scared of you know like uh, and, and there's men that do that to women all the time too. You know, like if you leave, this is what's going to happen. She made an example out of his uh, a dingo, wasn't it a dingo? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and, uh, and 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 the thing, dingo what, pup. Yeah, what's happening? I think too is like she's done all this stuff previous to what you're talking about right now, and nothing's been done to her. No, she she uh, I mean, she really hasn't had any no. ramifications of her actions. So that just like feeds her ego to do it more, and think make you know she probably thinks she's gonna get away with anything. Yeah, I, now I'm, I, you know there had to be some talk like I'm, and she's crazy. Yeah, I'm sure there was. It's just, you know why, you know when something like this happens, you think you think back about the past stuff she's done and you think couldn't something have been done like right. something was definitely wrong with her like was it why wasn't she put in prison when right. I mean she should have been put in prison when she uh, endangered her child right or slashed the woman right. you know but she wasn't she was just taken to psych- right. psychiatric hospital and now um, but and then using the frying pan again I guess yeah. that's just she liked it. <laughs> I guess, I guess uh, like all her tools you like her murder tools and stuff it had to do with cooking <laughs> evidently yeah well you know, um, you know, maybe I don't know. She, you know, maybe her mom cooked a lot when they were younger or something. Maybe she felt had comfort in food. Yeah, maybe so. Because she, if you look at pictures of her, she's not. I mean, as we said before, I mean, she's a, yeah, she's a she's she a probably, probably a lot of protein. I mean, you know, uh, you got to cook. Uh, you got to use frying pans for for protein for kind of like a meat and potato kind of yeah. girl. Yeah. Okay. Well, now in June, uh, like I said, in, in June 1998, she gave birth to her third child, uh, Sarah, which prompted Saunders her uh, to uh, put a deposit on the house, which Knight paid off. So she did pay off with her workers' compensation um, that uh, came through in 1989. Now Knight uh, decorated, like I said, decorated the house throughout with animal skins, skulls, horns, rusty animal traps, leather jackets, old boots, machetes, rakes, and pitchforks. Uh, and, and uh, no space, including the ceilings, were left uncovered. So she just she just uh, in in uh, in wrapped herself in hunting paraphernalia, right. you know. Right. And uh, so uh, she really liked the I guess the hunting or the the maybe I don't know what part of it. Maybe the like the skinning of the deer, uh, you know, because she did like the skins. Now uh, after an argument where she hit Saunders in the face with an iron uh, before stabbing him. Um, in the stomach with a pair of scissors, uh, he moved back to Scone. But when he later returned home, found that she had cut up all his clothes, and Saunders took long service leave and went into hiding. So uh, Knight tried to find him, but no one admitted to knowing where he was. Now, several months later, he returned to see his daughter and found that Knight had gone to the police and told them she was afraid of him. They issued her with an apprehended violence order against him wow so against him against him right. yeah yeah so because he's clearly right he's right. clearly the dangerous one well that's how it usually goes yeah so, even with male or female yeah so yeah. the chips were stacked against all these men yeah right yeah. but at least he did go into hiding right i know? would have too yeah and then uh she got with john chillingworth which uh in 1990 night became a pregnant by now i got i gotta bring up something here okay now, now I, you know, I don't know if these men knew her past. I don't know. That'd be good to know. Yeah, because, I mean, if you knew her past, there's not a uh, snowball's chance in, in hell 
that I would like, I would not even let, give my sperm a chance to even crawl to her. Or yeah, or like even show interest. No, no, absolutely not. No, I mean you know it wouldn't. I mean you know I don't know. Maybe she was fun. Maybe she was a fun gal when she I wasn't saw, trying I mean, to kill you. You know her. If you look at the picture, she she looks uh, kind of um, mannish in a way. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I know I, I would assume I would assume that her looks wasn't the I'm not to say looks are the most important, but I wouldn't say that looks was the the thing that gravitated these men towards her. Was it because? Well, I mean, maybe you need we need to look at the type of men. Right, the type of men. Uh, was it? I was watching a documentary uh, last night about this. Uh, they she ran with a real rowdy crowd. All her friends she was with and stuff. They would have rowdy parties, especially when she was married to. Uh, um. Her John Price, oh, okay. her last husband. Yeah, they and they would have loud parties at their house, and everybody knew about it. So maybe she was, and it could be, you know, alcohol, alcohol, and does destroy, you know, makes you do funny things. I mean, right. uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, she waited till they were passed out. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of beer goggles going on. <laughs> I bet there was. Yeah, uh, yeah, I bet they had to wear some. They probably had some real thick beer goggles. Beer goggles. Yeah, and uh, now. Uh, but now, in 1990, Knight became pregnant, like I said, by a 43-year-old former uh, Avatar co-worker, uh, John Chillingworth, and gave birth to the following year uh, uh, to the boy that named they named Eric. So she's got, what, three or four kids now? Yeah. Okay. And their relationship lasted three years before she left him for a man she had been having an affair with for some time, and that was John Price, mm-hmm. which... Uh, you know that's this when when we get into John Price now you're talking about the uh, the murder that put her behind bars. Yeah. You know so, uh, like the and so uh, uh, you know then we get to the you know you could tell that as as she gets uh, as time goes she gets worse and worse more right. violent and more right. violent and uh, you know and, and uh, nothing's ever done. No. You know so so we we come to this this place with John Price. Uh, which I guess he was called Pricey. Right. You know, that was his nickname. Price was the father of three children when Knight had an affair with him, uh, reputedly a uh, terrific bloke. So I guess John Price was the the man that she cheated with uh, on John Chillingworth. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, uh, but he was a terrific bloke, liked by everyone who knew him. Uh, His own marriage had ended in 1988. While his two-year-old daughter had remained with his former wife, and the two older children lived with him. Now Price was uh, well aware. Now here's something else: Price, John Price, was well aware of Knight's reputation, right? Violent reputation, it says. So, uh, and she moved him. She moved into his house in 1995. Uh, His children uh, liked her. He was uh, making a lot of money working in the local mines, mm-hmm. and apart from violent arguments, at first life was a bunch of roses. Right. So uh, everything. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe there was periods where she wasn't violent, and maybe during that time, right. you know, she uh, didn't show that that side of it. Right. That that murders. They got involved with her. Mm-hmm. You know. And then it was like when the honeymoon was over. Right. You know when when you, when you first meet somebody, except for the one guy that. She choked on the honeymoon. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that, that would have been a that would have been to me. Hey, right. well, I, I mean, you know, I need to get out, and right. so, uh, but uh, I mean, before that, even. Yeah. But uh, 
but they but everything was good up to that point even even after it but i don't understand how you know if you've heard of somebody's violence why you want to be with them but but you know that happens with women too yeah maybe they you know they could have been uh, they all drank so they was probably around that all their life mm-hmm. too, you know so if they if the men drank and she drank they gravi- gravitate towards each other right they had that in common right and so you know i guess the alcohol of course it numbs things mm-hmm. and you know it's easier to get involved with right. with somebody like that and then you just continue the cycle yeah. so you know uh now uh, uh but in 19 in 1998 they did have a fight over price's refusal to marry her and maybe that was a reason because well, she's so smart psyched. he was trying to be smart probably right. at that time now she did retaliate Okay, so night videotaped items he had stolen from work and sent the tape to his boss. Although the items were out of date, medical kits. Right. Okay. That he had scavenged from the company rubbish tip. So every, I guess he got in the, the trash can, you know, dumpster diving. He for, took the first aid kits. And stuff. <laughs> I guess that was important to him. Um, but Price was fired from the job. So he got her, she got her, she got him fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he had held uh, he he was there for he had the job for 17 years now that same day he kicked her out and she returned to her own home while news of what she had done spread you know through the town now a few months later price restarted the relationship so you know uh, she got him fired and uh, uh, you know she knew he, he knew about the violent past right he she got him fired and he still went back to her right so uh, now, a few months later, but he did restart the relationship, and although he now refused to allow her to move in with him, the fighting became even more frequent, So, and most of his friends would no longer have anything to do with him while they were married, remained together because she's so psycho. Yeah, I think they tried to talk him out. Like, the first time he left, they tried to talk him out of it. And he just wouldn't do it. And he just, he just went back. Do you think it was, and you, do you think it was like low self-esteem? I think. Or the loneliness? I think it's low self-esteem. I think it's, I think he had... Uh, I do know that he drank every day and he would drink and show up for work. He was a hard worker, but, you know, he would drink a lot. So I think that still, you know, um, made him, it still was something in common they had. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. you you mean you think that that, that drink was more of a hobby? They mm-hmm. were because she evidently she was a uh, drunker too. Uh, yeah, I assume so. Okay. Now, um, now then this brought on uh of course the, he's lost all his friends right which brings us in uh, to 2000 and, and this is when price's murder happened and now there were a series of assaults on price uh culminated with knight stabbing price in the chest uh finally fed up he kicked her out of his house and now on the 29th of february he stopped at the scone uh, magistrate's court on his way to work and took out a restraining order to keep uh, her away from both him and his children. So now that afternoon, Price told his co-workers that if he uh, did not come, uh, now listen to this. Okay, he, he I guess he knew that she was dangerous. Now why he kept going back, I don't know, but uh, he had told his uh, co-workers that uh, if he did not come to work the next day, it would be because Knight had killed him. Wow. Okay, so uh, they uh, pleaded with him not to go, like you were saying. I guess they tried to talk mm-hmm. him out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, saying, you know, don't go home, man. Yeah. You know, if you're afraid she's going to kill you, don't go home. And uh, But uh, he, he he didn't listen. They couldn't talk him out of it. Uh, and so, but they did plead with him for not to go home, but he told them that he believed she would kill his children if he didn't. So uh, 
Uh, Price arrived home to find that Knight uh, had uh, bought new black lingerie mm. and had videotaped all her children while making comments which have seen since been uh, in, uh, interpreted as a crude will. Mm. Knight later arrived at Price's house while he was sleeping and sat watching TV for a few minutes before having a shower. She then woke Price and they had sex after which he fell asleep. Bad mistake. Uh, I mean, right. Uh, you know, uh, first of all, I can't imagine. He he must have been drunk because for, uh, with her and lingerie. Right, and, and I'd like to know. I'd kind of like to know his history, like like his childhood. If he yeah. was, like it sounds like he had a low self esteem, and you know, uh, it sounded like he was. It sounded like he was a nice guy, like yeah. a, a good, good guy. Good guy. He just. Uh, you know, uh, just got with the wrong girl. Right. And, uh, but at 6 a.m. the next morning, the neighbor became concerned that Price's car was still in the driveway. So this is the night after she had, you know, seduced him uh, with her lingerie and uh, her sexiness, I suppose. Yeah. Her luring, her her beauty. Her beauty, yeah. You know, her uh, her, her bosom. Uh, you know, maybe she looked good in, in you know. Yeah, I couldn't imagine, but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I mean that would that would you know. But anyway, at six a.m. the next morning, the neighbor became concerned that Price's car was still in the in the driveway, and then Price did not arrive at work. So remember, he had told his coworkers, "Hey, look, if I don't come back the next morning, she's killed me." So uh, uh, his employer sent a worker to see what was wrong. Both the neighbor and worker tried knocking on Price's bedroom window to make him uh, to wake him, but after noticing blood on the front door. Uh, they alerted the police who arrived at 8 a.m. Now, breaking down the back door, police found his body with night with a night comatose from uh, taking a large number of pills. So I don't know if she tried to kill herself. So, so she was like after finding um, the the body of her husband, she laid with him, mm-hmm. and maybe she maybe she intended like a murder suicide. Yeah, so. well, you know what I think. I, like I don't know the whole details about them finding her asleep, but the way she sounds like she is, I'm reading and stuff. Like maybe she just didn't care. Maybe she didn't. Maybe she just fell asleep. Like she was just tired from the murder. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Like or, wore out. Well, and you know I've heard uh, I've heard uh, of murders where uh, there was a murder. I think it was in the mirror, which is like a UK thing. Mm-hmm. The uh, this uh, boy had killed his girlfriend. And then he ordered like a sandwich. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to to even if I even uh, like accidentally uh, like ran into somebody, I'd feel horrible. Yeah, right. But but, but with her, I mean, she, she didn't she didn't have any conscience. She's a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. psychopath. Yeah. She don't have she doesn't have any empathy. She doesn't care about anything about herself. So now, but she did. Um, but you know, she took the pills. She had stabbed Price with a butcher knife, of course, butcher knife, uh, while he was sleeping. Now, according to the blood evidence, he awoke and tried to turn the light on before attempting to escape. So, mm. uh, I guess there was blood wow. at the scene. You know, like he had, I guess, maybe drops of blood where he tried to escape when she was killing him, and. Uh, uh, according to the blood, but he woke. He awoke and tried to turn the light on before attempting to escape while Knight chased him through the house. So now he managed to open the front door and outside and get outside, but either stumbled back inside or she dragged him back in. Wow. And, and you know, if she if she is that 
that's where the strength comes in. That's why we've been emphasizing on the strength. Right. I mean, usually you don't hear of a, a woman chasing a man around with a knife and that could, stabbing him. Yeah, I mean, she had to be pretty. I mean, just her strength was abnormal. It had to be, yeah. you know, to drag to drag him back in. Uh, but now he could have stumbled back in he too. But yeah. uh, uh, you know, maybe he was just out of his head. I mean, I don't know what I'd do if I was stabbed. I mean, Lord. What were you? I mean, you know, you hear about it. You hear about murders all the time. People run like they don't remember run. They don't remember getting up and yeah. getting away from the murder. So, yeah. but now, uh, no. But she did drag him back in the highway where he finally died after bleeding out. Now later, Knight went into Aberdeen and withdrew a thousand dollars from Price's ATM account. Now. Uh, Price's autopsy revealed that he had been stabbed at least 37 times, uh, both the front and back of his body, with many of the wounds extending into uh, vital organs. Now, several hours after Price had died, Knight skinned him and hung the skin from a meat hook on the uh, uh, arch, uh, the architrave of a door to the lounge room. So, she then decapitated him and uh, cooked parts of his body, uh, serving up the meat and baked potato, pumpkin, uh, zucchini, and cabbage. So she had a whole meal. So she could cook. Yeah, evidently. Yeah. You so, but, but but think about the state of mind. She just killed her husband, skinned him, and then was gonna cook him. Yeah, with with no conscience at all. She had you know the zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy, the whole nine yards. Now, uh, uh, and then she also in two settings at the dinner table, along with notes beside each plate, uh, each having the name of one of Price's children on it. So evidently she had said, you know, uh, she wanted Price's child, children to sit at certain places at the table. So she put out the, the, the settings. But wasn't the children uh, sent over to somewhere else to mm-mm. sleep over? <laughs> they were there? Well, it says, uh, uh, no, it didn't say anything about a sleepover. She just prepared the table and uh, she put notes for their names. And wow. then she was preparing to serve his body parts to his children. Yeah. And now a third uh, meal was thrown on the back lawn. For unknown reasons. What was it? It was a, a third meal was thrown on the back lawn for unknown reasons. Like, I guess she had prepared like two or three meals. Like prepared too much or something? I guess. And, and it speculated that uh, Knight had attempted to eat it but could not. And this has been uh, put forward in support for her, of her claim that she was has no memory of the crime. Right. So, now, Price's head was found in a pot with vegetables. The pot was still warm, estimated to be at between 40 and 50 degrees Celsius, and indicating that the cooking had taken place in the early morning. So, uh, now sometime later, Knight arranged the body with the left arm draped over an empty um, 1.25 liter soft drink bottle with the legs crossed. And this was claimed in court to be an act of uh, defilement uh, demonstrating Knight's contempt for Price. Knight had left a hand uh, written note on the top of a photograph of Price, blood stained and covered with small pieces of flesh. The note read, Tim, our time got you back. Uh, got you back, Jonathan, for raping my uh, daughter. But in course, she can't. She couldn't read or write, so she spelled, right. she spelled raping instead of, uh, instead of R-A-P-I-N-G, she spelled raping Rap- with... Rapping. With, well, she spelled it with two P's. Right, right. And then she also spelled daughter, D-O-U-T-E-R. Right. So it's daughter, my daughter. Yeah. And then uh, uh, it says, time got you back, Jonathan, for rapping my daughter, uh, you two back. 
all you two baggers is her daughter for Ross. For little John, his son, now play with little John's dick. John Price. That is horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. I don't know if she's... And the accusations in the note were found to be groundless. So she was just making it up. Yeah. So that brings us to the murder. Now, uh, I guess next week we'll continue on with her uh, trial. Okay. And uh, so uh, this is going to be a two-part series, but uh, we uh, we have discussed, you know, that uh, Catherine Knight is would be a, a less... Uh, no, I mean, you wouldn't want to be with a woman like that. Uh, no. That it's about the choices you make with the people you're with. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't... Pay attention to the red flags. Right, right. You know, and, and just to say, you know, if you've got a woman that likes to work at a... Uh, that likes to work at a at a slaughterhouse, and you know that she does pick up an iron skillet, and that she does threaten you. That maybe you might want to rethink the relationship. Right. If uh, she's making you ride on the back of the motorcycle. Right. Uh, might want to think about that too. Uh, if she chokes you while you're uh, on on your wedding night, that's something that you might want to think about too. So, and and if there is a uh, you know a reputation of violent uh, behavior. Chances are that right, and that goes for men or women. Yeah, yeah you, you know. want yeah. It, I mean, you know, there's red flags that uh, one can, that one can see, and you need to take them seriously because they could uh, come back to haunt you. So right. this is going to be the end of this episode. But next week we will cover her trial, and uh, I want to thank Jay for. Are you going to join me next week? Yeah. So we'll finish it up next week. So we'll finish this up next week, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you next week. And this is uh, the John Rowland Show signing off, and thank you for listening, and we'll, uh, we will uh, finish up with uh, Catherine Knight next week. God bless.